0: Okay, man, vibe. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey,
2: I'm Matt Bassford. And I'm Doug Parker. Check us out online and uh, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Cruise Radio.
0: On this show, we'll talk to maritime historian Peter Canego about the love boat going to the scrapyard.
2: Yeah, very sad there. Also, we're all in tears. <laughs> could, about I, it. could I have sounded any more sincere? Right. <laughs> um, also, the, yeah, the
0: sincerity <laughs> workshops are not paying off. Yeah, I
2: didn't think so. Also, we'll talk to Dorian Wagner of Shore Excursions Groups about uh, third party shore excursion companies and uh, if they're really worth it. And it turns out they are.
0: But first, Stuart, you're on the cruise guys here. Hello, Stuart.
1: Hey, Matt, how's it going?
0: Very, very good. Carnival Corp is investing in a new cruise terminal in Barcelona.
1: Well, actually, this is going to be their second, uh, okay. their subsidiary. Uh, Costa had been running uh, Terminal D there, but uh, essentially Carnival Corp has been operating it. So they're going to essentially have a, a new terminal. So that'll make it two, where they're going to invest about 27 million dollars into what will be uh, Terminal E, and uh, you know both essentially both ports will be um, used uh, on a first come first served basis with the, uh, I mean the, the you know uh, Carnival Corp brands. You know the the 10 brands will have first right. To use those terminals, and then other other you know other companies may have a shot at it.
0: All right, very well. So Costa Concordia is up right now. I'm curious, is it still considered a crime scene?
1: Matt, I, I think it still is because now the they, they did find the two bodies, which wow. which is good news, which can bring some closure to the families because yeah. you know they they can bury their remains. Uh, but uh, I believe the Italian government is still uh, surveying certain parts of the ship. And uh, they haven't released it, but uh, work is going. Work is continuing on uh, attaching the, uh, you know, the, the stuff to the other side of the ship, so they can at some point in the spring refloat it and remove it. Well, that's very good news. Uh, what is this? I'm
0: hearing about a Wi-Fi casino being launched on Celebrity Cruises.
1: Well, uh, Celebrity uh, wants to. You know, so actually, Celebrity was the first uh, cruise line back in 1995 when Century uh, debuted to uh, offer casino gambling in your room. Well, now Celebrity wants to allow you the uh, opportunity, uh, luxury, and convenience of losing money uh, anywhere and everywhere on board their ships. So uh, they're going to have the first mobile apps, and you're going to be able to do it from the comfort of your cat—not only from your cabin, but uh, you could you could lose uh, sitting by the pool. Perfect. <laughs> you could lose in the dining room. Awesome. You, could l- you can even lose uh, while in the casino. Uh, you could lose in a showroom. Yeah. And uh, you could probably lose playing bingo. Beautiful. Uh, and you could use your, uh, you know, your own tablets. And uh, I don't think that uh, you'd be able to use your tablet for. Uh, that's collateral, but uh, you know I'm, I'm sure there's something that'll work out for you. Oh, I love but, technology. Uh, but your full convenience—that uh, they'll have a what they are calling a full suite of gaming mobile casino games <laughs> on your personal smartphones and tablets by downloading an application at your convenience. Excellent. And it will—they'll uh, be happy to take your money from your Apple or Android device.
0: Of course, they will. And uh, speaking of Wi-Fi, we hear another cruise line may include some internet time.
1: Yeah, you know, look, I think you know, as we as technology develops, we're going to see some. Uh, let's say better packaging. Uh, Regent is the la- latest cruise line, uh, taking some cues from their sister company, Oceana, where uh, beginning in the winter of 2014, going forward, uh, passengers in the concierge level and higher accommodations. So, I mean, these are the people that are paying. I mean, first of all, to be on Regent, you're paying big bucks. So the people paying the really big bucks um, are going to get a complimentary 500 minutes mm. of free uh, Wi-Fi Internet time uh, on their account. Nice. Uh, as essentially what, what's happening is uh, they've got a new uh, company on. They're going to be uh, adding, actually doubling their satellite bandwidth to improve the uh, quality uh, you know, that's being offered, the speed, and also the signal range to make Wi-Fi available in more parts of the ships bottom line is it'll be a nicer experience, and because it's costing them less, it'll, it'll cost the uh, consumer, you know, the passengers less, and, you know, hopefully at, at some point we'll start to see, you know, the better packaging available for cruise passengers across all the fleets, but at least, you know, the, the, the lines are acknowledging the fact that uh, these Wi-Fi packages are very valuable, very desired uh, by the passengers, and, and are taking action to, to meet the demands of their passengers.
0: All right, this week, Norwegian announced more on the upcoming Norwegian getaway.
1: Very exciting, isn't it? Oh, yeah. well, we we had uh, the uh, you know that they they are going to have an ice bar on board, and it will be essentially a uh, South Beach theme to it. Um We talked about that uh, you know, like many other cruise ships, they will have uh, an ice cream bar. So this way, you know you want to get your favorite Sundays, they'll you'll be able to uh, be able to uh, you know take advantage of that. The latest announcement was uh, that uh, the New York uh, bakery guy, uh, Carlo, is going to have a bakery shop on board Norwegian Getaway. Nice. So, um, you know, taking, I guess, uh, you know, I guess it's, it's, it's interesting where Royal Caribbean started with a cupcake uh, cupboard. Um, now we've got um, bake shops on, uh, on NCL.
0: Cool. Carnival is waiving the single supplement fee on select sailings in the next couple of months. Is this an attempt to fill the beds?
1: Well, that's, that's a good question, and um, I actually looked at the, you know, the, the sailings. Now, the cruise lines, Matt, at, at different times, offer you know, different kinds of, of pricing incentives, but what it really looks like uh, that they're doing on, on some of the short, in, you know, the close-in sailings, are, you know, late September, which obviously is gone, but uh, October, uh, November, and early December, it's primarily, they're waiving the single supplement on flex ships and sailings, but it's primarily on the three- and four-day ships, uh, leaving out of Miami, Los Angeles, Port Canaveral, Jacksonville, as an example. Uh, I, I saw some sailings uh, from New Orleans. But the point is, it's select ships and sailing dates, and uh, it's it's good news for single passengers because that means that uh, the cruise line, uh, Carnival, will be waiving the single supplement on these uh, select ships uh, and sailing dates. So you know, it'll certainly save them some money. And hope I you know, hope a lot of you know, singles will use that, take advantage of it to, to get away and get away on a cruise for maybe the 10th time or maybe the first time.
0: Okay. Here's your feel-good story of the week. Cunard helped a solo rower across the Atlantic resupply. What was this all about? Well,
1: what's interesting is uh, Cunard's Queen Mary II, which is one of the largest ships in the world. She's 151,000 tons. And uh, she was dispatched... Uh, by authorities, that uh, there was a boater in distress, and this boater turned out to be a rower. And uh, this woman is, is by herself, and she's attempting to become the first North American woman to row solely, to row, to row solo across the Atlantic, which is about 2,700 miles. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the, the Queen Mary Two, which was doing a transatlantic, uh, diverted to her location, Not to scare the bejeebies out of her, um, (laughs) which you know, if we go, if you know, you think back to uh, Tom Hanks and Castaway when you know that big tanker just appeared alongside him. Right. Um, You know, as as they approached, they gave her three, uh, you know, toots of the uh, the whistle, let her know that they're coming, uh, circled her in order to uh, reduce the uh, the waves, and uh, dropped off some uh, food and supplies to her. So, uh, along with, uh, you know, I guess um, they they spoke to her, but, you know, she has a radio, VHF radio, and, of course, the passengers seem to cheer her on. So, uh, she's going from, uh, I guess she departed from Halifax, uh, Canada. So, uh, hopefully, she'll be uh, having uh, English tea in uh, no time. Excellent. Thank you, Stuart. All right, buddy.
0: Cruise Radio News, now trending at
3: cruiseradio.net.
0: Tripinsurance.com. Joining us now on Cruise Radio is
2: the director of marketing for Shore Excursions Group, Dorian Wagner. Dorian, welcome. Thanks so
3: much for having us.
2: Well, Dorian, let's jump right in it because the number one question we get from listeners is listeners emailing in and saying, well, if we book a third party Shore Excursion, like Shore Excursions Group, and uh, we don't make it back to the ship on time, the ship's going to leave us because uh, the cruise lines use a good scare tactic to uh, make sure you book with the cruise line. What can you say to that?
3: And I have to say that that's not
2: true. And why is that?
3: There is absolutely a guarantee in place you're not going to miss the ship. That's one of the things that we hear from people also, and we want everyone to be 100% positive that we guarantee 100% that you're not going to miss the ship.
2: Well, then let's play what if.
3: If for some reason something does happen, um, you know, and you absolutely don't get back to the ship, we have the richest guarantee in the industry, which says, if you, for some reason, do miss the ship, we will pay for you to stay overnight wherever you are. Okay. We will pay 100% any travel to the next port or to home, if that's the next place. Mm-hmm. We will also give every person $500 additional, just wow. as an inconvenience fee, have fun for the night, whatever it is that you need to do. So um, we are super, super convinced that you're not going to miss the ship. All and all this is
2: no questions asked.
3: Uh, I mean, obviously, proof that you missed the ship, Well, but well besides you missed that. the ship, you're not <laughs> on it, right. But no questions asked. Okay. Um, we want everyone to be just 100% sure that there's no worry there whatsoever.
2: So how do prices compare between uh, a company like yours, Shore Excursions Group, and the cruise lines?
3: So we always pride ourselves in typically having better prices. They're usually lower than the cruise lines. We also pride ourselves on having smaller group tours whereas you might be in a larger tour if you book with a cruise line. It's a more intimate, a smaller group. You get a better experience.
2: Right, and cruise lines say to book their shore excursions early because they do fill up, which they do. Um, do you recommend the same?
3: If there's something that you definitely want to do, we certainly have more popular excursions, and we'll do our best to get you on anything it is that you like to do. But it's always best to plan any kind of travel you know, as early as you can just so that you know you're having exact tour and the exact time you want. So we definitely encourage people to book when they know.
2: And do you guys do like European ports too? Yes. Nice. We
3: are great in Europe. And um, one of the good things about our Europe ports is we have a lot of tours that other companies don't offer, um, smaller sizes, and we guarantee a departure on those tours. So if it's a private tour, um, you know you're going to go.
2: So let's say we were on a sailing and uh, we jumped online and we saw where we weren't really too happy with the cruise line excursions, but we saw where Shore Excursions Group had uh, some spots left open. Can you book a couple of days in advance or do you have to book like a week out or so?
3: We have, you can book up to three days in advance Mm -hmm. um, with no additional fee. We have um, an expedite fee where you can book much closer in and, uh, and there's just a small fee and that's just because we need to get with the with the tour operators right. and expedite everything and make sure you have you know, your ticket and things so that you can get to go. But yeah, right up until your cruise, you can book.
2: Right on. And uh, where can people go online to see all these shore excursions?
3: Shoreexcursionsgroup.com. Mm-hmm. And we make it really easy. You can put in your itinerary right there on the homepage and it will show you only the excursions that match with your cruise itinerary. So whatever you see, after you put in your itinerary, will definitely work with your
2: ship. You can check them out at shoreexcursionsgroup.com. Director of Marketing for Shore Excursions Group, Dorian Wagner, thanks for being on Cruise Radio.
3: Thanks so much for having us.
2: So as you may or may not know, the ship they used in filming The Love Boat recently went to uh, shipyard heaven. Uh, the Pacific Princess is uh, no longer Pacific Princess. She's no longer uh, providing vacations and all that good stuff. So we brought in Maritime Historian, Peter Canego, to talk to us all about it. Peter, welcome to Cruise Radio, my friend.
4: Thank you so much. I'm so pleased to be on. And,
2: uh, yeah, man, I really appreciate that. First off, Peter, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself before we dive into the love boat.
4: I'm a freelance cruise writer and an editor at the website MaritimeMatters.com where, where we review cruises and also dispense a lot of history on cruise ships and ocean liners. I also produce DVDs about Specific cruise ships and my visits to the scrapyards to rescue fittings and artwork and important things that would otherwise be lost. And I run a website where I sell items that I actually rescue from the ships uh, called midshipcentury.com. And I have a big clientele of interior designers and uh, people who love particular ships. They want to buy a chair or some sort of souvenir from that ship.
2: So you've pretty much got your finger on the pulse. So uh, with that said, let's go ahead and talk about the Love Boat, or actually its real name, the Pacific Princess.
4: Okay, well, she was built in 71 in Germany. Uh, not Not really a pioneering ship in too many ways, but she was part of a new generation of Scandinavian cruise ships built specifically for cruising and not like some of the older ships, which were built as ocean liners and then sort of retrofitted with swimming pools and Lido decks to, to cruise. This ship was out of the gates as a cruise ship, and she sailed to Bermuda as the sea venture. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was the very first modern cruise ship to have an atrium, so that is one of her groundbreaking things. And she also had a magrodome over her pool, which is a sliding glass dome that would open up and inclement or close up in inclement weather and then open up in, in good weather. So you could swim any time. Yeah. Of course, the pool was the size of a postage stamp in, in those days. In 1975, she was purchased by Princess Cruises, which was owned at that time by P&O, and they were trying to modernize their fleet. So she was she was bought by them and renamed Pacific Princess, and her sister ship was already sailing for them as the Island Princess. So uh-huh. she built this you know, fine reputation as a as a nice cruise ship on the West Coast. And that made it convenient for the producers of The Love Boat when they were looking for a ship to film their new television series on. The Pacific Princess was available. And so they would go down and shoot footage of the ship sailing off and maybe go on board certain cruises and film various shots. But they replicated the ship in their studios Everything was of course much bigger. You walked into these cabins that were, you know, ten times the size <laughs> of the ones that were actually on the Pacific Princess sure. and they did the show and it was a huge, huge hit. It started people uh on cruising that would never have considered it before.
2: Were they shooting during like real sailings or did they pulled the ship out of service at all?
4: No, they would shoot during actual sailings, oh, cool. but they would advertise like in the LA Times when they were talk about upcoming cruises, they would you know, they would have a little asterisk in their ads saying this is a love boat cruise so if you don't want to be on when we're filming because of course for some people it's a big bonus they want to be on you know they're excited by it but other people it's like if they're shooting by the pool then you can't use the pool for five hours right so they had to let people know so that um so that they could make the choice but it, it ended up i think all the love boat sailings that were you know notified in advance sold out like instantly because people were thrilled about that.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. And the, the Love Boat series ran to what, the mid-80s?
4: Yeah, I think it uh, finished up in 86. So it ran for almost 10 years. And, it, you know, a huge, huge, huge show.
2: So after filming for the Love Boat, it ceased. Did the Pacific Princess still sail with Princess as a normal cruise ship? Yeah, she
4: she stayed in the Princess Fleet until 2002, by that time, Princess was well into their grand class. You know, the ships were five times bigger. They had yeah. five five real pools. They had Skywalker's Disco. I mean, they had, like, all these amenities and balconies, which, of course, the old Pacific Princess didn't have. So she was really outmoded, but still a very popular ship in their fleet. Uh, but they did finally let her go in 2002, and then they replaced her with another ship that they renamed Pacific Princess, which is also relatively small, 30,000 ton, really nice former Renaissance ship, uh, which is the current Pacific Princess. So when, when uh, the original, we call her PP the initial, uh, right. went uh, out of Princess, she went to a, a cruise line called Pullman Tour, which was Spanish-based, and they kept the name Pacific, and just they had to drop the Princess, obviously, because she wasn't a Princess ship. And so she sailed in the Spanish cruise market um, in the Mediterranean in the summer and then went down to Brazil and sailed on, under charter out of Brazil, for several years until uh, about 2008. And then she was in dire need of you know, some maintenance, and they took her to a shipyard in Genoa and started working on her. And I guess some disputes arose, and there's all sorts of different stories that are floating around. But I actually witnessed when I visited the ship in Genoa uh, last year, um, I saw where like the davits had been replaced, but they weren't put on properly, so they couldn't hook up the lifeboats. And it ended up, being so badly done that the people who were paying for it just walked away. They abandoned the ship, and then the shipyard had to auction the ship off. So she sat for another four years, um, not which is not good for any ship uh, to be inactive, and sort of deteriorated more and more, and then they finally sold her for scrap uh, just last month, and then off she was towed to this place in Turkey called Aliaga. And Right before they brought her up on the beach, a storm came up and slammed the ship really badly, and she started leaking. Um, so when they brought her ashore onto the beach where she was to be scrapped, she was already developing a really severe list. It looked like she was going to capsize. Yeah, So they sent people on board to to pump out the ship, but there were some fumes that leaked from, I guess, an old sewage line, and two people died, Mm. and another eight or nine were were injured, but they've since recovered. They're okay. Um, And so they had to abandon the ship, and then this list increased more and more, uh, but somehow they stabilized her, and now she's just leaning over at this precarious angle, so they have to straighten her out uh, before they can, you know, yank her up on the beach and start demolishing her.
2: Now, when you when you say the ship goes to a scrapyard, is it like I'm picturing like a, a big steel yard with big steel cutting uh, saws and everything?
4: Well, saws not so much, but but um, acetylene torches. Yes, okay. uh, they get in there like a welder's torch and they they cut through the steel and then they, you know they pry everything that they can loose and recycle whatever materials, whether it's wood or, you know, furnishings, artwork, whatever. Um, Hopefully some of it gets removed carefully. I would personally love to go over, and I am planning to go actually next week uh, to see the ship. And if I can rescue anything that hasn't been damaged or already removed, I'm going to, you know, do my best. Turkey's not as well known as India, where I normally go. Uh, for selling the goods, they're more just keen on getting the metal, so they kind of just go through like a bulldozer and destroy everything and then recycle it for the actual material instead of you know, the steel in a chair will be melted down into steel, but they don't care about the chair. That's, that's kind of their, their way of doing it there. So I'm going to plead with some people <laughs> and see what I can do to, to you know, change their mind. Uh, because I think especially with this ship, you know, she's so important in the history of cruising. And she actually was a pretty little ship. There were some nice things on her that um, would be nice to rescue if, if they're still intact.
2: And by the way, if you're interested in seeing um, this process and what Peter actually does when he goes to um these scrapyards and what the ship's condition is and all that stuff, uh, he's actually you actually have it's you have two documentaries now, right? On the road yeah, to a lang and I, the sands of a
4: lang? Yeah, on the road to a lang and the sands of a lang. Exactly. Um, the sands of a lang, if you go to my midshipcentury.com webpage, it will pop up. Boom! You'll see a trailer that just sort of gives a, a quick snippet of of what's in the video, and then there's an order link there, and also there's a there's a uh, link called Shop where you can actually see a lot of the items that have come off the ships that that. Most of them are available. A couple of things are already sold out that I should probably take off the site. But people like to just go on the site to just see what's there. You know, they're not even necessarily shopping. It's just sort of a curiosity factor.
2: So people actually come to midshipcentury.com just to browse around for an old chair from a dining room from a cruise liner from the 40s, say. There's a market for that?
4: Well, there is, because what people don't know is that these ships were designed by the top architects and interior designers of their day. Right. So if it was an Italian ship, they were loaded with beautiful stuff that most people who like this era of furnishing and artwork— We'd kill for it because you can't find mid-century Italian genuine stuff. You can find imitation. They're knocking it off now big time, Um, especially the Scandinavian stuff like at Ikea. But I've got the real thing. You know, those chairs from Star Trek, uh, those Erosarinen, they call them tulip chairs. There was one ship whose dining room was filled with those original chairs. So I got about 50 of those. I still have like 10 of them left. Those are the kind of things that people just love, whether they're from a ship or or a hotel. They don't really necessarily care. They just want things from that era that are genuine.
2: He is the co-editor of MaritimeMatters.com and an all-around good guy, Peter Conego, Thank you so much for spending some time with us today and being on
0: Cruise Radio. <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right, Doug. Thank you so much for having
2: me.
0: All right, that's going to do it. Don't forget about our app. Free for iPhone users. Only 99 cents for the Droid users. Simply search Cruise Radio Live in your smartphone app store.
2: Also, if you want more uh, travel radio in your life, uh, we have another radio show. Actually, Matt's not in it because of a, a contract. Like, yeah. A con-
0: contractual contractual disagreements.
2: Yeah. Actually, actually, Matt has a contract with this radio station and uh I don't have one with any. Lots
0: of information that the listeners
2: don't care about. Exactly. So, no, uh, if you search Weekend Travel Show uh, on iTunes or uh, WeekendTravelShow.com, you'll find uh, another travel show there that I host. Very good.
0: We look forward to hearing many episodes of that. Okay. And from the Cruise Radio Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. This is Cruise Radio.